we make it work yeah it's a pleasure man so yeah should get it started this is the open brother project i'm here with major pain the podcast inspiration uh anybody (laughs) anybody that's been enjoying the open brother project since i've been going at it weekly he is a huge proponent of that i was lagging quite a bit with uh getting it off the ground and getting getting consistent and uh and your words just kind of hit me in a place you kind of gave me some validation for like my walking kind of video segments that i do and and i was like you know i should be doing that i thought of it and then when you said it i was like i'm like he's right i gotta i gotta get started and uh and i've been going straight ever since man so thank you so much yeah, I'm glad, man. I see the streak, and trust me, it's motivated me too. Because there, there are some weeks I'm just like maybe not putting out a podcast episode, but then I see you, and I'm like, ah, oh, man, this is good. This is good. I really need to get down on on working on that script. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I love this. I love this. A great job. Great job. I, I really applaud the the work you do because not so many people um, utilize or tap onto that you know push right so mm. you, you just jump right on it and here you are like doing great things so kudos to you man thank you so much thank you so much and uh you know I, i'll always plug people at the at the uh, at the end but uh i mean one thing that stood out to me is that you have your own podcast that's about men and yeah. uh if i if i can just say i think it's about like men and how they develop and and their attitudes towards life and their attitudes towards you know self-improvement and development and stuff like that so um really really big podcast um correct me if i'm wrong it goes by the name of major pain yeah major pain podcast yeah okay okay yeah definitely check that out guys he's on spotify and uh probably some other places where you guys uh listen to podcasts as well yeah awesome yeah you know just in case you know people's attention span you know sometimes i like to hit them with the with the plug at the beginning you know for sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a good one man awesome thank you so much no problem man um one one thing i wanted to talk to you about um and i mean we can touch on growing up and stuff like that maybe a, a little after but like one thing that stood out to me is that you've done something that I've always wanted to do um, as a man is that you made the trek. You went and decided to go into a foreign land and come here, make something for yourself, you know, find yeah. your own way. And uh, that's, that's what men have been doing throughout history. Um, yeah. So I would love to just talk to you about that and how that happened and what's that been like for you? Oh, sounds great, man. You just, you just, you're speaking my language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, where do I start from? So I, I, I relocated to Canada like in 2018. So it's been like, say, four years now I've been in Canada, right? And I came from Nigeria, Africa. Um, so I relocated, I came um yeah, so it was just pretty much like um, me being, I was born and brought up in Nigeria all my life, but people find that hard to believe because um, I just grew up in a very kind of, I won't say, I won't say in a worried way, I was saying in a unique way, exactly. So I lost my dad when I was seven and it was just me growing up with my mom. I have two elder sisters and I'm the last, so I'm like the only boy. So growing up in the midst of females was, uh, it was a blessing, even though it was, yeah, challenging for sure, you know, 
But then I remember my mom, she used to tell me from when I lost my dad, she would say, hope you know you are the daddy of the house. So she installed that thing into my head from the onset, right? And she was really quick in letting me on uh, like how to run a house. Like she's more like, um, because I saw her, she filled in the role of a mother and father, like ASAP the moment it happened, right? And she was still in school then. So she was still going to school. We were still going to school. And then we would literally like read together. Uh, we'll do like overnight reading and stuff when she's prepping for her exam and stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. So we were pretty much just came, like we got really close, you know, and she was really like, she was just so firm in her values, firm in um, raising us up in the Lord's way. She's Christian too. And my, my dad, was a Christian before I passed away. And um, so we kept like going to church, like we we're just very strong in church attendance, plugged in and everything. Of course, people felt like, you know, since, yeah, we lost my dad, like we'll just be uh, acting wayward, disrespectful, like acting anyhow. But I mean, to their surprise, that didn't happen, you know, like God just kept us, like my heavenly father stepped in. <laughs> That's pretty much it. And, um, so me growing up in a world without like a father figure per se, I kind of started navigating the world all by myself. But one thing for sure was that I wasn't thinking about oh smoking. I wasn't thinking about drinking. Like those things didn't fancy me. Even when I was in a boarding school and, you know, you see guys deviate and do all those things. I wasn't just drawn into that. As a matter of fact, they would rather tease me, laugh at me and just push me aside. And in my mind, I'm like, thank you, Lord. But 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 for sure, then it's like, you know, you're trying to see how you how you can belong, how you can join the big boy squad. But I just made up my mind that probably the big boy squad is not something I've caught up for. So just why right in that moment, just chilling in my own zone, the Holy Spirit was boom, like, you know, literally speaking to me. And there were words that I kept hearing at those moments that I'm just like. You know, words that are just beyond you and then words that when you get to maybe watch something somewhere and you hear someone with wealth of wisdom saying those things and you're like, what? How did this, like, this was exactly what was in my mind, you know? So that kind of, that started giving me the confidence to even explore more into like, say, just my own thoughts, the Holy Spirit thoughts. And the more I was growing in Christianity, I like, we switched churches. I came to know about the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues uh started knowing about like the literal ministry of jesus it's, it, itself and you know like um when the holy spirit fell on the apostles and all those things so like those things that are becoming very very real and physical you understand right and um so why just navigating i came across personal development books this was like in boarding school which also opened my eyes to a lot of things about like yeah like we have the ability to evolve like we can't just remain at where we are at the moment so those things kind of of course is the tie in line with the bible as in in terms of um you know uh how do you approach problems like using problems as a means of um that you know in james that says that um problems kind of um 
uh, it said don't take shortcuts, right? That you should approach, like you should be excited when problems come because it's going to polish you and prepare you, you know, for the future. So moments like that, plus just growing up without a father too and seeing life as that from that raw sort of vision, how, um, well, I say how, the word is how like the, the real ugly nature of the word <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and and just see my mom like strive and drive with so much grit and resilience and passion and hard work that was also just giving me that strength that man if i want anything in life i need to work hard i need to start positioning myself now to work hard you know prepare myself you know uh in, it, i think it's the proverbs that was talking about um, seeing a man who is diligent in his handwork, right? He will stand before kings and all that. So yes. all, all those things kind of prepared me and pushed me into just like getting into a skill, like identifying a skill, which I said at that time became graphic design. And um, I came across graphic design. I had an opportunity to teach then. Uh, I was teaching some seniors, uh, Microsoft Word and all those things. <laughs> how, how old were you at that point? Well, I think I was, um, so this was in my teen years, my parents okay, okay. say like 15, 16, they're about. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But, but like with, uh, with like, I, I don't know from like, I guess the, the point that your dad passed, like, uh, just in that very young age, yeah. just being surrounded by women. Um, like, how did you, how was it? Like, I guess your mom instilled the most the manhood that you would have, like seeing a dad growing up, she like instilled that in you by like calling you the man of the house, basically. Yeah, honestly, that word was like a seed that I would say took time to grow. Mm. But at that early stage, I was still kind of, I've used the word, you know, this kind of, uh, you, you've seen some boys, I wouldn't say some boys who are feminine, but some boys who are just kind of like weak, kind of like they are yes. not that firm. That was pretty much me you know just that kind of boy that you see are like oh he's his mommy's boy you know those kind of yeah, things yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was how I, I i kind of was so uh i really got laughed at multiple times honestly <laughs> wow yeah. but but you know what to me when i think about it again i'm just like yeah like it's just this kind of very young innocence of a child and to me i'm like screw screw society for thinking about whatever were you expecting me to be lifting dumbbells at the age of seven he <laughs> 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 understand right i mean yeah, just yeah. just just let the child be like let the child be child you know but yeah where i'm from it's more like um people feel like if you don't suffer so much like growing up it's like oh boo look at you you you're such a weakling kind of thing like survivor of the fittest kind of mentality you understand right well i mean so, that's that's the biggest uh i'm sorry to interrupt but i think that's yeah. the biggest uh that's the biggest struggle to have i mean me losing mm -hmm. my my father i lost my father i guess a year before he came over to canada and uh oh and yeah that's that's a that's a tough thing to go through like i'm at i was at the age where i could you know i i understood he had a long life and everything but going mm -hmm. through that at such a young age is wild wild that's amazing that. that you turned out this way, that you that you have a men's podcast and you're leading <laughs> the men and in, in developing certain ways. It's like, wow, wow. And you had all sisters. That's actually yeah. a shock. That's a shock, <laughs> man. I'm telling wow. you. <laughs> no, I, I would say it's just, it's God, you know, like um, I would say it's, it's God for sure because uh, 
my mom just she she just told me right from the get go that you see like um and, and I really draw a lot of wisdom from how she raised us up you know I I tell my wife this you know a, a, a lot about just when I was that tender right and I also remember that my dad too instilled a lot of things in us that kind of prepared us for that handover you understand that kind of wow. thing wow so yeah. you remember him. I remember for sure. Like wow. I'm, I'm as of uh, today. I'm working on um, a podcast episode tribute to the fathers, right? And yeah. I, I'm speaking in line to the things that my father kind of installed in me at that young age. And Colin, to be to be to to shock you, right? You, we might feel like kids always when they are maybe ten or in a teenage stage that you know you need to start infusing some values in them i don't think so like the moment they are born it's that the, the values they start gra grasping a lot of things i'm telling yeah. you and yeah. i noticed that and how i'm able to notice is because i remember i still have vivid imagery of my dad leading morning devotion wow yeah so he I, was like he was wow that's amazing man you get it, right i remember yeah. him reading psalm I remember him like singing, you know, I remember him in men's um, fellowship. You understand? Like, wow, I'm telling you, I remember. So, so this is really something like, cause like we're in, we're in a men's group together and like, yeah. and you're, I, I've heard you say sentences like you're on fire for Christ and stuff like that. So I mean, as much as it is religion, it's almost like that was the torch that your dad passed on to you. Like you're doing the same things. Like that's, that's incredible, man. Wow. Yeah, pretty much, honestly. I mean, I've been also able to x-ray my dad's life to see the things that, of course, he wasn't doing right, mm. to see what could be the reason why he was acting the way he was doing. You understand, right? I've x-rayed those things, and I've seen that, yeah, like, this is my life now, right? What what path do I want to move? Like, because my dad did something doesn't necessarily mean that I have to do, quote unquote, that thing. And that's where the whole sense of accountability comes in, right? So I got to realize that I have the choice to choose, right? Do I want to be like my dad or do I want to be something better than my dad? You understand, wow. right? Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get, right? yeah. Definitely. <laughs> wow, I, I had the exact same realization because um, I didn't have I only met my dad like a handful of times from the time I was like, say, seven, six, up wow. until I was like 12. And then he disappeared. And then I didn't reconnect with him until I was about, I think, 21 or 22. Wow. And and seeing him like by that time, I had already been selling drugs and doing all sorts of stuff in the streets. So. Mm -hmm. I understood that he was like an alcoholic, that he was like this person that was kind of down bad, as people say. Yeah. Um, I, I understood that. And I had that exact kind of crossroads. Um, but my crossroads was like, I could be like him or I could be like my mom. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And uh, my mom, she's an entrepreneur. She's a bodybuilder. Well, she was a bodybuilder when I was young. Wow. wow. You know, always up at 4 a.m., going to work, working hard, wow. coming home, then working out, like just really, really like a go-getter, you know, like even, even at 50, I think like 55, she was like, Hey, she's like, I'm never going back to work again. I'm wow. starting a business. She's like, if you know anybody that wants X, Y, Z, let me know. She's like, I'm never going back to a nine to five again. 
and she didn't. Uh, she literally, and now she's she's like a snowbird. She lives that life that, you know, like when you're from the hood, you only see like rich white people live where they get mm -hmm. to live in one place and in the winter time and come back here in the summer. <laughs> so she lives like that now. So it's like huge inspiration. So I had that same kind yeah. of crossroads. Like I could be like him and like the wrong things he did, or I could be something much better. You know exactly. And you know, just uh, speaking about mothers, right? Uh, there was this article I wrote on my blog um, how single mothers can raise responsible men mm. and that article i i think i gave about like seven points or so and because i grew up in a single mom home i know other responsible men who grew up from a single mom's home and it just boils back to you know like i said my my dad kind of hand handed over us to, to my mom and mom took over like she took the baton and she ran with it you understand right and she was like nah you're not going to guess what under my roof like if you want to guess what you can do that like when you're out of my house but not when you are in my house <laughs> not when you're under my authority you understand right and that makes me really understand and not just that, like seeing how play the role of mother or father and same time being able to provide, being able to go out, even if it's late to the night. I mean, I'll see my mom, like when she was working one time at the airport, she worked at the airport for a long time. This was like much later uh, when I grew up and all that. I would see her leave the house around 4 a.m. and come back home around maybe 12 a.m. or 1 a.m. That's pretty much the wow. end, the whole day like someone working you understand just to provide and to shock you we never at any point um was sent back home because we hadn't paid our school fees mm. i'm telling you like the way god started providing like my mom took us all we went through school like we finished school we went to university like god was just providing providing and life became a whole lot better you understand right and she used to tell me and this was another thing that really that has made my faith so strong like in god because i grew up watching god put food on the table not just my mom like god himself like put food on the table clothe us take care of us like people were thinking i had that my father was in the states that was what yeah, they were thinking yeah they were, just, they were thinking like that because uh they were like outside that like my name is newton's last name is newton I don't speak like the typical Nigerian way and all that. My my father and mom, they, they prevented us from speaking um uh, our local like dialect. Slang. Yeah, and the slang too, the pidgin English, they prevented us. So it was just English or true. So people would just were feeling like, ah oh, man, my my father is abroad, they're sending us money and all that, you know. But um, yeah, but also growing up even with that type of quote-unquote people believing that maybe or thinking that is that way it still put me into bully's hands because mm. some people just feel intimidated and they are like you know trying to talk down on me and all the schools I went to I had like some rough experience of people like beating me just mm. because of who I am and what I am and all those type of things but then those things started shaping my thoughts about life in general, right? That, yeah, like we can be black guys, same skin, but it doesn't change the fact that one person's heart is dark and wicked and just wanted to oppress me. 
So boom, back again, I started thinking about the whole like, because back in Nigeria, they would say, oh, white men are bad, white men are slave, this and that, 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 that. <laughs> but then I'm like, when I lost my dad, I saw the horror that they did to my mom, like his folks did to my mom when we went to the village. I saw the thing and I'm like, I wouldn't want to come back here. In fact, I denounce you guys. I don't want to know you. <laughs> I don't want to know like, you anymore. Like they, they, treated, they treated her badly because yep. she was a widow? Exactly. That, wow, that, that's, really? That's one crazy thing that happens in, in Africa, depending on the culture, but most culture, because they will say she's the one that killed the man and they wow. start coming up with some quote-unquote like spiritual cleansing and this and that and all those things are diabolic. They are not like part of the Christian wow. faith, right? And mom, my mom being a Christian, like she refused. She didn't, she didn't accept and she just stood, like God literally showed up. Like she just put her foot yeah. down i'm not doing this and like i i know i know because you you have a very strong faith but like like i often tell people like you know like god might bring you miracles but it's up to you to manage them bro you got a real strong mom like i know i know you're seeing god in a lot of yeah. it but that was your mom man she could have she yeah. could have easily easily just said you know what Nah, yeah. like I've yeah. I've seen I've seen mothers going through less that'll give kids up for adoption going through stuff like that. Exactly. Like man, exactly. you you have a you have a really because that that four a.m. and coming back at one a.m. I did that for maybe two years, three years, four like four years working in the film industry. Yeah. And to have to do that for a decade or two decades and you like to right. really have the weight of a family on you. And to do that while people are saying horrible things about you, yeah, your, your mom, your mom has immense, immense strength. I mean, this is a podcast to like, like talk <laughs> about men and everything, but yo, your mom, yo, <laughs> shout out to your mom. Your mom is absolutely Goku strength. I don't know if you ever seen Dragon Ball or anything, but <laughs> your mom's like an anime character, man. Your mom is absolutely. strong, bro. Like just seeing wow. her do those things, it, it. It blew my mind. You know, I just started thinking, okay, how can I start right now building myself in order for me to elevate her from this, you know, thing she's going through? How can I build myself to take care of her? And boom, that was where the real struggle about being a man started coming in. And you know what? Um, sometimes I'm like, you know, you, you see this whole men's thing. Most of my content, I don't... I don't discredit women, honestly. I keep saying it that if you want to be a strong man, you need the right women around you. Like it's the right women that, that ends up turning you into becoming a better man, a stronger man, honestly. You know, so we can't, we can't move that out of the equation. Yes, you can go to the gym, you can do this, you can do that, you know, you can shoot some steroids or whatever, you can be like Hawk, but if you don't have that emotional strength, if you don't have that um, emotional maturity, which women bring and which women also forces a man to, to develop on, you understand, right? The, the guy would just be like a child who is, just has muscles and is not <laughs> able to. I'm telling you, you understand. And, and that's yeah. one of the beautiful thing about growing up around women. It can be, it can be challenging. The, the aspect that makes it challenging is not being able to understand how to respond, not being able to develop this abstract strength that is not physical strength. 
you know and that's where the whole intellectual strength comes in and that's what i can say a lot of men are lacking because they've been running away all their life from those things but then raising a family is beyond the muscles i mean how many times as have we have we come across any war that requires you to take a gun and uh, like kill 500 men before <laughs> you're like yeah mm. I'm a man. no it's mostly you have to hustle you have to use your brain you have to uh, brainstorm you have to crit, uh, think critically and all those type of things you have to yeah. write you have to design you have to forecast you have to plan you have to budget all these other strengths are things that just being around a woman can teach you yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's actually really well put, really well put. I, I definitely know that. I mean, I mean, in like, <laughs> funny enough, in like a more um, like a, a, a man to a boy kind of thing. I remember when I met my, like, this is a woman before my, my wife, yeah. she, she pushed me to the point where I was like, I was living in like my childhood room. And then I Whoa. ended up, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I was still young, but I was like, I couldn't have enough privacy. And because of her, I was like, yo, I need more privacy and I need to be able to drive a car, you know, wow. like I, ha I have to have my own car. Like it made me step up in that way, although she wasn't the right person. Yeah. All of a sudden, when I met my wife, I was equipped with that stuff. And then my wife pushed me even further, like way exactly. further. Yeah. She made me want to, you know, want me to uh, develop into somebody who could be a father, into somebody who could who could support a family. Yeah. somebody who can provide for financial stability like all these things that i had never really that i had never really taken like onto my shoulders completely because i always yeah. wanted to help help my mom here and there but exactly like this was like somebody where i was like i need to take care of this person like if exactly. i like i want to be able to take care of them completely yeah she she definitely pushed me for that and made yeah. me into the person that i am now she has a, a huge hand in it everything that you're saying yeah. budgeting planning exactly organization yeah 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 you know yeah. like all that stuff man so I'm, true i'm telling you I, sometimes you would think like hey major pain to say it's a man's coach it's a this trust me i my my wife is my coach too man <laughs> I'm man <telling> you. <laughs> i yeah i second that man i was just telling i was just telling my coach because i have a coach myself yeah um and i was telling him i'm like my wife because she she works at a restaurant she's an assistant gm and <laughs> and she has to coach people every day. Yeah. Like she has to like, oh, okay, I'm going to walk these people through this operation. I'm going to walk people through that. And there are certain things that the coach will tell me that I'll be like, my, my wife told me that like two days ago, she just exactly. said that same thing to me. Like, <laughs> yeah, man, she's constantly, you know, little, like she we're traditional. So she doesn't like to step in with the masculine per se, but she will always be that wife that's there to be like, if I ask, she'll be like, maybe you should do it like this. But she definitely exactly. doesn't want to take over. We we have yeah, we're very yeah. traditional that way in our, yeah, in our exactly. nuclear family unit kind of thing. Good. You know, yeah. like like I don't like I, not to discredit any guys that do it, but I don't have a partner. I have a wife. You know what I mean? Boom. Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know yeah. What I mean? I have, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I think the whole word partner makes marriage look like a contract why a wife make marriage looks like a, a convenience exactly that's yeah. very well said very well said yeah, yeah you yeah. know not not to put anybody down that does it but for yeah, me yeah. it's like you know like i heard a guy talking he's like and then we got pregnant no i get my <laughs> wife pregnant <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
it's not a problem. However you, you want to talk is fine. But yeah. me, I'm gonna get my wife pregnant, and then yeah, I'm yeah, gonna yeah. help her. I'm gonna help her with her pregnancy. Exactly. <laughs> I would. I would share that calling for real. Yeah. <laughs> no, for real. True. And you know, just come like for me coming from Africa and seeing how masculinity is expressed here is completely different. Honestly, like even just navigating as a single person in the streets of Toronto, like going to work and, you know, you see different ladies and all that, man, it was just completely different. I had to sit down and ask God, what is happening? Like, can you just show me exactly what is happening? <laughs> tell, tell me, tell me about those differences. Cause I actually, I mentioned that to you when we were at that breakfast, that yep. there must be like a big difference. What, what, how, how does it differ from Toronto to Nigeria in terms of sure, masculinity? Sure. Sure, I will tell you. So, okay, but first and first, I understand I'm in two different countries. Like, I mean, this this is a separate country, right? Separate culture, separate everything. You understand, right? Separate mm. individuals. But again, I don't think the man in Bahamas is different from the man here. Let me, mm. let me put it this way. Why I said so? I read an article that said, I don't know if it's Bahamas or one of these um, countries that la that ladies love to travel. Okay, and, okay. And, and they said Canadian ladies they travel to that country specifically because of the men. Yep. So I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So you say no to the guys here, but you would rather spend money to travel to another country to go flirt with the men there because they are more manly. They mm -hmm. express themselves in a manly way. They are not afraid to break that, that space. Mm. They get to touch you. They get to dance with you. And you're smiling and laughing and everything. You're okay with that. But once you, came, once you come back to Canada, you put this bubble around you that no man should talk to you. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, wait, yeah, that's so, so something is not right. Something is not right. <laughs> so it means that you want to be touched, you want to be spoken to, you want to you you want to feel that sense of a man, but it's more like you only can have it the way you want when you are maybe in Canada, but when you are out there, you seek for those things that you can't really get in your country. So that mm -hmm. means that you just pretty much a woman who wants the same thing every woman wants. You understand, mm -hmm. right? But where my own learning curve came in was I didn't know it was like that. I felt like where I'm coming from is the same with with this place, especially when you see the movies. The movies, oh my God, they lie like big time. <laughs> Trust me, uh, you know, those rom-coms that you are like, oh my God, so that's how I'm in the library and then our eyes will hit and that's it, you know? <laughs> Man, <laughs> it, it took me a while. It took me a while. I had to do a lot of research, a uh, lot of um, listening to different um, couple of podcasts, couple of, it was even like in my search of this whole thing, I started realizing, okay, there's something called the red pill community, which I wouldn't consider myself to be part of. Like the red pill is not, I mean, that, that doesn't align with the Bible per se as much yeah, as yeah. some of them I claim they do, but I don't think so. Uh, and though when you look at the ambassadors of the red pill too, I'm like, nah, 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 these guys are not like the Joseph in the Bible, the, Je the Jesus in the Bible. <laughs> <That> <laughs> I was going to say, if anything, you're part of the Christian group. You're part of the Christian, the Christian pill, you know? the Christian pill, the Christ pill. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, 
So, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not, um, I mean, everyone to their own, I feel like everyone can make decisions based on their own stuff. But again, I just had to do a lot of research and that was where I started understanding like, okay, here feminism is at the forefront and feminism itself has knocked masculinity off where it was. And that is really affecting a lot of men's mental health. And also it's showing in the society from the everything that we see today every single problem we have today is because there's something imbalanced there's something not balanced and why do i say so because family is the first is the first place of socialization of course and if the family is broken society is broken mm. and the whole marxist feminist ideology itself is not it can't be found in the bible and that itself mm. it's just causing the family unit to implode right and mm. once that is taken away it just rubs off like a snowball effect and that's it that's very true that's very true that's a that's a good way to put it once the family is broken society's broken i can definitely just from me having a pretty dysfunctional family you know like my dad has you know, five or six kids, five different women and like all this different stuff. Mm -hmm. So I, I can, and then like, you know, some siblings I don't talk to at all. Some like the ones on my mother's side, they're like my brothers because we grew up together. And then the other ones, it's like, it's, it's very fragmented. So I can definitely understand that. Like, yeah, uh, yeah that's, yeah. that's very, very well said. But when it comes to the differences, like, like Nigeria, like how are you going up to a girl in Nigeria? You just you okay. do what you do in the like standard you just grab the hand kind of thing like what are you guys doing? Well, I mean, gra grabbing the hands is, is just too much. You can right now <laughs> the person will receive a slap. But I mean, but the thing is, I think the 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 way the society is, people are very cordial to each other. You know, people mm -hmm. are very open and warm to each other. I might just be meeting you for the first time and we just talking like we've met before. You know, we already exchanging numbers at night we're already texting like do you want to hang out all those type of things right like it's just natural you understand mm. there's no there's no oh i have to um i mean i get it you have to be careful and all that but it depends but most times it's just very smooth just so uh. smooth you understand but here i notice it's um there's just a whole lot of things involved from uh, you have to find the appropriate time and of course you don't want to rush it so you have to find the appropriate time to uh, first of all even okay you meet somebody you guys talk I mean the the chances of even getting the person's number is like one out of ten <laughs> you get right <laughs> okay so you might okay. ask for a social media account right okay you ask for a social media account now what next you mm. just send in a message like how in God's name, can you send a message that shows that you are pretty much interested? Because what do men and women do? Do they just, you know, that kind of thing? Like mm. you get to an age that it's no more, you're not just looking for a female friend, you're looking for a partner, as simple as that. Okay, and okay. You get right. Like we are not kids that you are like, well, I just want to be your friend and do what? Like hold hands and go play what? <laughs> so <laughs> so exactly, exactly. So basically, like, <laughs> Like over for where you're from, it's like it's okay to make your intentions clear. Whereas Ooh. here, whereas here, it's like if you make your intentions known right away, it's like oh oh, like there's a defense up to you like, right away. Right. But meanwhile, that same girl, it's online on Hinge on Tinder, mm. and she's open for that mm. for for someone 
slide it into our DM to talk to her. Mm-hmm. But when it's face to face, no, I'm taken. I have a boyfriend. You understand, mm. right? As a, so there's just the sense of um, uh, it's more like breaking the the natural law because you just want to look civil or you just want to look ah whatever you understand, right? You you get right? But, yeah, hundred percent. But, but then deep inside, the desire to be with someone, the desire to have a family, the desire to have a man is there. Mm. You get right. Okay. Okay. Like I, I was talking to an older man. I was producing a podcast once, and yeah. uh, this older, older African American gentleman, uh, like big executive producer, but he's like older guy, and he was like, he's like today, he's like it's very odd the way guys act. He's like to me, he's like, he's like when I was young, he's like you know like you know forty years ago, you know thirty five, forty years ago, he's like you would go up to a girl, and you would make your intentions known right away. He's yes. he he even said he's like. Even if she had a boyfriend, he's like, you would go up to her. You wouldn't be disrespectful, but you would be like, I think I can, I think I can treat you better than that. I've seen you with this person. I think I yeah. could treat you better. And if, if you would ever be open to it, I'd like to take, like you would just, the way he put it out there, I was like, wow. He's like, and that just doesn't happen anymore. He's like, for yeah. some reason, he's like, guys have to act like they're friends for years sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. but but in reality, they want one thing. He's like, Boom. he's like, he's like to me. He's like, that's more sheepish. Like that's more conniving. Yeah, he's like, exactly. Like yeah, yeah, I, I understand completely now. Okay, yeah, true. I feel like there have never been any more. There, there have been a generation that has this much number of friend zoned men. <laughs> 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 never have there been honestly like, yeah yeah you know being so friend zoned and you're just like oh my god i mean i've, I've been friend zoned like multiple times in my life right but then again just thinking that you know this is where uh a lot of things changed anyway hence my podcast like i started realizing that now i've, I've just talked about a couple of issues here and there da, 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 da. so the next the question is okay what what's next what is the next step? How can you as a man navigate this whole complex situation? It's one mm. thing to say, oh, feminism is the issue. And it's another thing to say, maybe I don't understand the whole thing enough. Or maybe I'm not building myself enough to be above the problem. Accountability. Be the solution of what's happening. You mm. understand, right? So it's more like that ignorance ends up making men feed into the problem rather than being a solution to the problem you Mm. understand right yeah 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 definitely exactly that's so true yeah accountability right like take taking it onto yourself i mean yeah it's it's rare that you know it's getting a little more common because there's men like you out there there's men like you know dare i say me out there there's different podcasts jocko joe rogan and stuff but like yeah accountability like maybe it's me Maybe yeah. I need to build on this. Maybe I need to change this. Maybe I need to enhance this, you know, Dude. in order to, like you just said, put yourself above the problem rather than just immersing yourself in it. And because exactly. then that becomes very woe is me. I, like I always say, like when you do stuff like that, you kind of give away all your power because exactly. now it's like it's over here and I can't do anything about that. Yeah. You know, whereas if you put it here, you're like, well, this I can change. This, this, this I, can I can change, change all yeah. day. Yeah exactly exactly yeah, so true. so that that's it so um what i've been what i did was really just like um 
work on myself like hardcore like really hardcore from waking up 5 a.m you know we talked about this i told you i used to uh so i had a mentor she's a woman woman of god powerful lady she really invested in me invested in terms of books um uh paid for me to attend a couple of leadership like um programs here and there i'm telling you like she invested in me i'm telling you and and that's another thing and honestly just growing up and see the amount of both men and women that has invested in my life Mm. for me i find it odd sometimes sometimes i find it odd like charging for some things or i'm just like nah i'm just gonna do this for free for this person or i'll give this for free However, I've been able to change how I go about that because I've also noticed that people abuse free things. Of course. Uh, yeah. So, but I've just been a little bit more intentional. But again, me not expecting anything in return makes me just say, okay, I, I know I can do this for free. And my goal is because I don't want it to be that someone would have an excuse to say, oh, because I couldn't afford it. I couldn't transform myself or I couldn't benefit from this particular thing. You understand? So now I've played my part. It's not up to you to do yours. You understand, right? Mm. And looking at the relationship between my mentor and I, I'm just like, man, God blessed me with this lady. And she was exactly what I needed to, to, to get that spark in order for me to be who I am today. So she took me through rigorous, rigorous like training. And then that opened my eyes to my strength, opened my eyes to um, what I really want to be what i want to do like what is my purpose in life i went through other trainings too i had to pay for like my coaching certification so i went through um different uh topics on from purpose to um yeah goal settings and then um what's it called happiness and all those other like really nice topics that just opened my mind i even did a course on relationship too and it opened my mind too about the things that I know, but I've just been kind of scared to live those things, to be mm. the, to be that thing, to be that person, you know? And then I just like, you know what? I'm going to unravel my uniqueness and I don't care. I don't care who, who <laughs> I'm just going to be who I am because this is what God has made me to be. And I'm going to keep enhancing that part of me. And I know for sure that those people who are going to draw strength from it, they will draw strength from it and they will also like pass it on. And that is to me, the real definition of being the light of the world and being the salt of the earth, you know? And wow. Yeah. That's, that's amazing, man. Just to look, I'm actually facing that, facing that issue right now myself where Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm opening up as a coach, you know, high performance coach, life coach, and and my coach is talking to me he's like he's like just he's like he's like who do you want to be you know like you have to be that person you have to you have to you have to put yourself out there as that person or else people won't know and it's it's crazy that you just said that because it's like yeah unravel that that was perfectly put unravel your uniqueness yeah you know let everybody see it because all of a sudden it's like that's where that's where the magic happens now they know now they know you're that now they think of you when they, they think of somebody who needs help with that. Exactly. Now all of a sudden you become that per- person where they have permission to now open up to you, you know, and that's for anybody, whether they're artists or yeah. whatever profession that you are. It's like, if you can just open up and just be that, 
it just yeah it changes everything so i'm 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 honestly like uh i mean yeah. being vulnerable here i'm actually wrestling with that quite a bit it's a, it's a little <laughs> hard like i'm i'm slowly coming to it you know i started hashtagging my stuff life coach and everything but i have to like change my bio and like really just kind of embrace it and just start making that content more so like exactly. I, I do with the podcast and everything so yeah that's 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 good that you opened up like uh that you opened up so soon but, yeah 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 but if you don't mind me asking um like if we come back to like like now you have the coach now you have all that stuff but what made you come over here and what made what made you come over here what made you think you could do it oh good question well i mean god god they have it on the earth <laughs> that's the question <laughs> my father owns the world right pretty much <laughs> no, for real honestly that's just it's i like uh, for me, it's more like I, there, there are a whole lot of things I've been wanting to do that I cannot do where I was brought up, where I was. You understand? Like the, the country is very hostile. Uh, there's a whole lot of suppression of ideas and creativity and all that, right? Plus the insecurity too is just crazy. Like so insecure, so, so insecure. And yeah, like just with the look of things, it's more like why should one die in this place when God has something better for you elsewhere? Trust me, it can be anywhere I find myself. I used to tell myself, even if I go to Japan, I would still do what I'm called to do, which is this, which is to impact lives. I don't know, it might be, it might look different from how it is right now, but I know I would still be doing something in line to this. I would yeah. still meet a mentor who will probably maybe teach me some martial arts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But but again, that that's just the mindset I had. I had this mindset that anywhere I find myself, I would thrive, I would succeed, I would excel. Is the same principle everywhere. Take the story of Abraham. God told him, hey, get up, go to a place. I will direct you. I will lead you. And I will mm. make everything happen for you. So even when I was in Nigeria, I saw that happen to me. I've been to different states in Nigeria for like schooling, um, serving, just one or two things. And I saw how God showed up from nowhere. Nowhere, bro. Like even how I got admission into university, it was a miracle. I'm telling you, like a school I've never heard of, I got admission there. I, like to tomorrow, I tell people the same thing. And it's like, how is it possible? I'm telling you it was just a miracle i'm telling you so even uh so there's something called national youth service that you do for one year in nigeria mm -hmm. every graduate has to do it so it was my turn and my sisters just served in the capital where we were living so it was convenient from them right from home they go to their placements where they were like doing their intern and stuff but for me it was a town i've never been to again i was like man god what's up like <laughs> it seems like you have so much so much uh how i saw it was just that god was prepping me for something right mm -hmm. i don't know what it was but then i just said okay you know what i'm gonna do it same way we were able to go to this school for four years we finished and now you're sending me to this other town i'm gonna go and we're gonna impact lives i went there and just by miracle i got a lovely apartment bro like this house was like a three-bedroom apartment that was brand new and the owner just happened not to be staying in it. And I went to a bar one day to drink and I saw somebody 
who I asked, hey, bro, I'm looking for a house, da, da, da. And it was like, well, that his brother-in-law has a house that he's not staying, that, yeah, you could just pay some amount and you can move in. Bro, that was it. Case closed. That, that was how I stayed. Wow. I'm telling you. And then, I mean, God has just shown up for me, bro, like in multiple ways. So migrating here for me, I stayed in a shelter mm-hmm. for like about, I think, two, three months. I, I stayed in Seton House. I stayed at Home First Shelter. Seton, I don't know if anyone listening to this and you know Seton, Seton House. You, 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 I used to call it Satan House. <laughs> Is, it- <laughs> Is this in Canada or Nigeria? Canada, Toronto. Wow, downtown. really? Uh, yeah, Seton House, man. It's uh, it's something else. I mean, just imagine coming from Nigeria and you go, you you you're expecting to see like a place, you know, like pretty well furnished and you know, like cool and all that, but then you just see like junkies, like oh yeah, oh yeah, cigarette butts on the floor, like like it's that's the gravels, the cigarette butts. That's like the gravels. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> that then the smell alone wow. is 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 something else right like so you stayed there for four months i stayed there for i stayed there for like i think one and a half month and then the other like one and a half month was in another shelter yeah wow in the shelter it, eh yeah i mean i didn't have anywhere to stay right so it was but guess what i saw god in that place bro like mm. that that thing opened my eyes too because i started seeing that life is the same everywhere people are suffering everywhere people are hustling everywhere you understand and um the 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 only way out is just you know like first of all working hard protecting yourself and secondly just looking up to god for direction you know so and coming to canada i have my christian faith and my christian life it it got more mature here because in nigeria I mean, you kind of have people to lean on, but here there's no one to lean on. Mm. If if I don't go to work, I'm not going to pay my bills. (laughs) But in Nigeria, if you don't go to work, trust me, you you might even get fatter because you have people supporting me. I'm telling you. Wow. So just seeing how the difference of lifestyle and also just seeing the reality of life too. I, I'm I'm grateful. I I I was at those two shelters because it reshaped my ideology about everything, and it made me even more thankful to God. That wow, like honestly, I might be in that shelter, but at least I know that my life is even a lot better. Even if yes, like, but at least I I know that I don't have everything taken away from me because I saw people there who they don't have anything. Yeah. They're just they're just there, you know. Man, that's wild. I I actually had to go to a shelter. Like I, anytime I have like too many clothes, mm-hmm. I always try. I don't go to like Salvation Army and stuff. Like no no yeah. knock to them, but I like to go yeah. like right right to the place where people need them. Exactly. And I went there, and it was just like yeah, seeing, seeing like like like. Like a lot of the times we get down on ourselves and it's like, oh, it can't get any worse than this. And it's like, yeah, it can. It can it get can. worse. It, can. <laughs> it really That's can. Real. It can, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. So I, I'm so grateful, honestly, for those experiences. I mean, so. It... So how did you go from a shelter 
to to now living on your own it was just going to that bar and talking to that person like how like oh okay so um okay think i think there's a little so the the bar i went to was yeah. in nigeria in nigeria okay okay that so that was in that nigeria happened. yeah so yeah. then from so, shelter in canada so, to yeah so what happened was that so i'm working with um a non-profit right now so when i was in the shelter i was really going all out just to network like meet people i introduced myself and everything just looking for opportunities here and there right so uh, a couple of social workers used to come to the shelter this was still at sitting house right they used to come to the shelter and ask each of us like what do you want to do what training and all that because i had a case uh i had a case worker yes working with the city of toronto so it's more like uh if i find a course i want to do my case worker would refer me to the program you understand right so what happened was that I came across a program called Learn to Earn. And I, I saw that it had to do with digital media, this and that. And that, that was my forte. I, uh, before coming to Canada, I was a digital uh, media consultant. I was training people, training staff on digital media tools and all that. So... When I came here, I wanted to continue for sure. So I saw that program and I was like, wow, this is it. So I, I went, did the intake and everything. So I started the program and I really enjoyed it. It was so good, very, gave me everything I needed. So through that, I was able to perfect my like graphic design, um, video editing and all those things, right? So. Wow. College, you'll be shocked. <laughs> <Just me. laughs> this is crazy. Let this me is crazy. You. <laughs> you'll be shocked. So what happened is, now you see why. It, see, ev everything that's happening is really for a reason. And that's why I say, thank God I was in that shelter. So first of all, if not for that shelter, I wouldn't have come across this program correct, right? So while I was in the program, the facilitator, she was like, oh, wow, Paul, like you, you really... Uh, good you know and I would I would literally like assist hard like checking on my colleagues to make sure that they are okay and all that because I just had that natural like facilitating like skills because I was into that and my goal which I had told my facilitator was that I would like to be a digital media facilitator in the future that was my goal after the program you understand so what then happened was that, so I would assist them. Then when the class is over, I will stay behind. So class ends around maybe one. I will stay behind until five because I don't want to go back to the shelter, right? There's mm. pretty much a happening. So I will stay behind with the computer they gave me. I would just be practicing, practicing, you know? And then when it's five, I would wipe the decks, uh, take the computers, and I close. So I started doing this. The program is for two months. I... I started becoming like a part-time staff there. That was how it was looking like because they knew me that I would stay behind. I would show up on time. I would stay behind, help clean, pack, and go. You understand, right? That's pretty much how I was doing. So what had happened after graduation, they were like, man, Paul, you know what? Uh, they, they just loved me. They loved me. And they were just like, man, um, there's an opportunity if I would like to apply, like, why not? <laughs> of course. So I applied and uh, went through interview and all, and I got the job, but it wasn't in line with digital media. It was a uh, community 
engagement specialist part-time. Man, bro, that was like my very first job in Canada. I was so happy, a reputable organization and all that. And I was just going out and I was acing it. I brought in a lot of opportunity within six months of working there in, in that place. I, I, I connected them with a radio gig. I connected them with um, uh, one guy who had like a, a, um, a software company like that. So we, I kind of did that introduction so that we could send some of our media students there for placement and all that. So they were so happy, you know, and I came across another opportunity, which I applied for. And this was like um, a higher opportunity. Uh, this was um, community development. Uh, sorry, this was project management role, a project uh, coordinator role, rather, a project coordinator role. Mm. Bro, I don't have any project management experience. I had no... It was just my six months experience I had at Springboard and I applied for this job. And the thing there was that somebody, I, I have met a couple of people in this other organization that I applied to and they know me to be this go-getter. They know me to be this guy who is just a people person who loves to talk because through my role, I was attending events, attending meetings, tables and all that. So I got to connect with a lot of people. So when I applied, um, the person who attended like the call, did the interview and everything, her colleague knew me and her colleague had put in good words for me, saying that you need Paul in your team. Paul is the person you need for this project. Oh. <laughs> you got it? I got it. Oh my God, this is crazy. <laughs> I'm Yo, you went you. from a shelter to that to project manager, bro. That's in wow. You know, that's right? crazy. So, and and to, okay, speaking about housing. So when I started my work at uh, Springboard, that was the six month, the place I worked for six months. It was like mm. I finally got a house. So when I moved into the house, I resumed work the next day. Pretty much, that was how it was. Just so I moved from the shelter. So. Okay, after six months, I got this other job. I worked there for two years. And then when the project was almost over, I was like applying out to different places. And what there happened was that I was still keeping in touch with my folks at Springboard. And they were just like, hey, what's up? Like, um, there's an opening. What's up? And what's the opening? Digital media um, programs. Meaning <laughs> I will be teaching. Uh, like okay why not so i jumped on it and when i jumped on it was exactly that same program that i was in four years ago but this time i will be the facilitator of the program mm. so, wow yeah your dad would be very very happy very I'm very proud you, of you bro. i'm telling you bro very so, proud of you yeah so that's where i am right now so I, I, I understand all the clients I've served. I know their experience, like what they are going through, the complexity, what it is like to navigate digital media, the, the, the crazy market out there, like um, the need for them to build their portfolio. And mm. my coaching career too is heavy on me doing media that's writing blog articles, uh, shooting videos. I have an online course. So all those experience 
I got to bring it back into class and teach them as well. So that's what even based the curriculum. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yo, that's crazy. I'm so glad I did this. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. Like I, wow. Wow, man. That's nuts. Do you have kids yet? No, not yet. Oh my God. This guy, your <laughs> kids are not going to be able to argue with you. You're going to be like, I stayed in a shelter. <laughs> I stayed at the program. I came early. I stayed late. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow, man. That is, yo, yo, absolutely. Like, yo, salute to you, man. That's, that just, yeah, that shows, that shows, man. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta work for free because that's how it feels. And yep. And amazing things come from it if you're just willing to just put in the work and stick it out. Yep. That's yeah, incredible. I, I, I keep saying this day, I can never be jobless, bro. Like never. Like, trust me, little, the only thing I can do is yeah, I'll just work for free. But one thing for sure I know is that through that free work I'm doing, I would be favored to, to get something else in that for real. That that's yeah. that's the mindset I have. I'm like, even if I go to China today. I still know, yes, I will suffer, but I know for sure. Just give me a couple of time, bro. Like with the God I have, mm. something must happen there. Something must happen. Yeah. Just <laughs> give you, me. give you three months. Holy. You just got <laughs> in the shelter. Holy. That's no, that's like, oh man. Cause that, that stuff, like you're doing stuff that like I want to do, get into, into organizations I'd like to get into. And like the fact that you got there from a shelter is absolutely yeah. it's so inspiring so inspiring yeah. so commendable that's wow man look at you i had no idea i thought i was just chilling <laughs> i thought i was just chilling with this guy for my men's group today man wow no, man. That, that, that does just so much like so much that i've just learned how to just like yeah just keep it cool like just of course like this is my story and i gotta share with only people who I interested in knowing or in, who get to ask me, I would never just like, just put myself. And even on my say podcast, sometimes I, sh I share sometimes, but I'm just heavy on uh, what are the lessons I've learned so far and how can I package that to someone else for them to run with it? You understand? Right. Yeah. 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 My coach was telling me to do the same thing just because of all the stuff that I've been through from, from, you know, like being out in the streets, doing all that mm -hmm. stuff to, so like I've worked like 40 different jobs and he's like, wow. he's like, you should, he's like, you should be, he's like, cause I got it down to a science. Like I knew how to get jobs. Like I could just see yeah. a job and be like, oh, okay, I know exactly what I have to do. And I go wow. in and I just get it. Wow. And he's, he's like, he's like, you should be making content about that. He's like, cause a lot of yeah. people don't, don't know how to get jobs. And I'm like, exactly. it's, it's so easy, yeah. but man, I don't know how much of that story you've shared on your podcast, but that's, Man, I'll give you this if you want. You can have this recording because, man, you need you should really be telling people this, man. That's really inspiring, man. Really yeah. inspiring. I mean, this makes you to me hearing stuff like this makes you an authority in life, not even just like wow. men development or <laughs> this development or digital anything like life like you're that's incredible, man. Incredible. Yeah. That's so hard. Yeah, and that's one thing. Like, I've, I, I do get to share. I'd like outside my podcast, right? I do get to share this, like, to my um, clients. You know, mm -hmm. like, I, we have different cohorts, and um, and I, I, I share the story with them. And when they get to hear it, it, it really change, change their perspective a whole lot. Especially when they hear first that I, I was in the program as they are going through, 
and they're able to see how one is able to maximize that opportunity, right? And then this this type of thing, like, oh wow, like really, like this is serious, you know? And um, yeah, and so far, honestly, to be frank with you, Collins, uh, my supervisor, they're they're just so proud, you know, like so proud for with the nature of work I get to do because first off, I work from the bottom of my heart, right? And thanks to my Christian value of working as though I'm working for God. I'm not working for them. I'm working for God. You understand? Mm. So that that attitude makes me want to be like, I got to do everything I need to do for, for my clients to succeed. You understand, right? So I'm very yeah. passionate about getting them to succeed. And that requires me like just outside giving them the, the skills they need for, you know, uh, graphic design, this and that, but worry about their, their mentality. How can I stretch their capacity? You know, how can I make them be this automated type of person who two months uh, before they start the program, they are just like, eh, but then when they are leaving the program, they have fire in their blood yeah. and in their bones, you know, right? And yeah. the beautiful thing is when they graduate, they graduate with a portfolio and they're just like, wow, like, so I was able to do this. And I'm like, yeah, like, this is all your work. You understand, right? You're able to achieve this. So, wow, man. Yeah. Bro, that's, yeah, that's amazing. And it goes back to like every, every speaker, every person who's trying to inspire or coaching, we always come back to the whole, you know, finding your why and, exactly. and, and making it something bigger than yourself. And you did that, you know, like you, you found it in God. Some people find it, you know, looking into their children's eyes, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I find it, I find it with my wife, just like, mm. just how incredible she's been and how supportive she's been. And if I could just pay it back, yeah. you know, in the form of, you know, being able to take care of her through the rest of our lives, yeah, that, that would just be the thing. I mean, me and my wife, man, I say it all the time. I always, I always say it, man. When we first met, I, I was switching jobs so much. I switched jobs. Like at least with the, with the first two months we met, I switched jobs like seven times. Wow. Like I just wow. kept getting jobs. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> instead of being like, this is a red flag. She was like, it's very impressive that you're just able to go get jobs like that. She's like, it's very <laughs> impressive. <laughs> and, and I remember the first month we were talking, I, uh, I was like so low on money. I didn't have money to pay my phone bill and she paid my phone bill for me. So she wow. could, so she could keep talking to me. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's right. I, and, and yeah. And, and honestly, I feel like, uh, I, you know, that, that, that grit, right. That's, that, um, that audacity that, you know, you exhibited, you know, to just be able to like even switch jobs. It shows like you're a go-getter. You just, you, 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 you know what you're doing. You, you know what you want, you know, and you're just going to go after it. You understand? And if you're in a place that you're not getting that thing, you're like, yeah, man, as in, I got to leave. I, I need to go elsewhere where I'm going to get that thing. I need that. That's, yeah, and, and work itself, I find is something that I, I've got to realize that really transforms work itself transforms everyone. Like yeah. if 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 um if if one's work, if one is not growing in their work, uh there's a problem. It's two things. Either the organization is not seeking for their improvement or the person is not seeking his own improvement. And what do I mean? So like my place of work, they challenge us to have goals, like yearly goals. 
So you meet with your supervisor, you share your goals, either goals within the organization or your personal goals in general. So what you then do is um, you would um, fill out a form, what the goal is, uh, how does it align with the um, maybe organization values, and then they will not ask you what training do you need to meet up to, the, to those goals. And if you need to pay for a course, depending on the amount for sure, they get to pay for you, you understand, for you to take that course. So they are pretty much investing in you so that yeah. you can, you know, be advanced. And honestly, uh, I mean, I've pretty much been into courses, courses, courses here and there. And I've seen how courses have transformed my life, both free and paid. And um, like within last year and this year, I can count number of courses I've attended. And now I'm still going to attend another set of courses, which has really transformed how I get to deliver my workshops, how I get to connect with my uh, with my clients, how I get to support them, how I get to assist, how I get to speak to them, you know, all those things. And it has really transformed and evolved. So work itself, yes, I'm still doing the same thing, but I'm doing it in a different and evolved way. You of understand? course. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, kudos to you for real. I mean, for just being that um, audacious and, and, and forthgoing, <laughs> forthcoming. And uh, yeah, like... That's yeah, what man. we need, you know, that's what we need. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, you know, um, I guess just sometimes you gotta, you gotta not be afraid to walk, you know, like I kind of, you know, like in, in social science and like behavioral science, they talk mm -hmm. about abstract concepts and, and concrete experience and yeah, yeah, yeah. through getting one job and then another and another, I kept on concretely experiencing the fact that if I leave one place, I can find something else. Like I'm Boom. good enough to find something else. Boom. Yeah. You know, like most people, if they stay at a job for a long time, it's just a concept that they could find another job. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if you actually go and perform it, you start giving yourself these concrete, like I like to think of it as steps. You know, you yeah, give yourself yeah, yeah. this concrete experience. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I, I really can go and do that. So, it built up my confidence, not just in, in going for the job, but in, in, in when I was dealing with the job that I was currently at, Makes sense. it would be like, I don't have to put up with any type of just anything yeah, from yeah, anybody. Yeah. yeah. I know I can go and achieve more. Exactly. Like I know I've done it time and time again. Like I know I can. And I think that's a big mm. thing that people, that people need, you know, uh, true, if you could true, just, true. Because a lot of people are scared, right? Like you stay at the same job, not because like for 20 years, not because they love it, but it's because they don't know if they can really go out there and you know, do right? it all again. I'm you know? like, it's, it, that's so true. Like today I was doing a resume workshop with my clients and I was like, I saw something about 10 to 15 years of experience. And I'm like, man, if, if, if I own a business and I see someone saying 10 to 50 years of experience, I would just give the person like $10,000 and say, bro, you need to go start your own business, man. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing 10 to 50 years of experience looking for a job? Bro, go start. Like, I, I would invest. <laughs> That's true, eh? Because at that point, like towards whatever the experience is, they have like a PhD almost, you know, I'm like actually, you. you know, actually, yeah, PhD more so, you know, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, <laughs> that's true. I never thought of that. You know, yeah. right? 
that's a few degrees that you have in that experience. I'm telling you, like, because, you know, they say it, it literally takes about, you know, they say it takes 10,000 hours to master something. So 10 years doing same thing, man. No, 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 no. 10 years is too much. I mean, 10 years is just too much. I mean, yeah. if, if you had to go hardcore, like I'm giving myself, and, and that's another thing about my coaching business where I'm, I'm taking my time. I'm not in a rush. I see some DMs say, hey, Paul, how many clients are you serving? This and that, 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 that. I'm like, stop disturbing me. Like, I'm, <laughs> just leave me alone. Like, what's, what's, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm telling you, because for me, my goal, first of all, is I'm in this for life. Mm. And for me, I, I, I go with the analogy, like I'm an oak tree. Oak tree takes time in growing. It's, mm. it's, it's not something that you plant. It's not a corn you plant today, next tomorrow, you go and it's already like, nah, nah, nah. It takes its time, you know? And, mm. and when it grows, it's slow. But when it's fully mature, it's so wide and big. You understand, right? So for me, I'm like, same with my coaching business. I'm taking my time. So I created an online course called Unravel Your Uniqueness. It's a two-hour course on Udemy, right? Mm. I, I tried selling it, but I was like, I'm still new in coaching and all that. I, I went through the hustle of selling and I'm like, you know what? Uh, I was at, after one point I felt God was telling me that I should let the course be for free because to me, that's like an introduction for my men's coaching. And to me, it's more like, okay, I'm putting up these new ideas for the first time. Nobody knows me. Nobody know me from Adam. You understand, right? To say, oh, okay, let me see what has this guy been up to and all that. So I'm like, this is my first work. I'm going to do it for free. I'm going to put it for free. So I tried making it free, but I'm unable to because they said that uh, they changed their policy. So what I do is I give free coupon codes, right? Every month, right? So I've been doing that. And um, for me, I'm like, okay. And that was why I also started the podcast because I'm like, it's not everyone that might have access to the online course. So let me start the podcast so that I can build on the like um, the principles from the online course and just keep sharing. And also I can be like a voice of authority in my own like niche, you understand? Yes, yes. And that way I'm also perfecting my, my skills. I'm also perfecting this and that and all that. So now this is uh, two years in of me coaching, but uh, I started my podcast last month. That is um, October last year. Sorry, last year, not last month, last year, mm. right? And here we are 20 episodes in. And honestly, I'm very grateful that I didn't rush the process. Mm. So I've been seeing the needs to take it one step at a time. I just keep saying that it's God that called me to do this. So I shouldn't be in a hurry. And honestly, Collins, I have gotten invitations. I have gotten invitations from time to time to come speak. I've gotten invitations to come train. I've gotten this and that. And I'm just like, God, thank you for this, you know? And when I say I have a nine to five job, so that is priority, right? My coaching job is for life. So I'm like, I need to focus on my nine to five and be the best because trust me, uh, not just where most of the paycheck is coming from, but also I'm still seeing the clients I'm serving as the client I would serve if I'm to be a coach. You understand? So for me, I'm, 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 I'm growing as a coach in my nine to five job. I'm growing as a digital media person. I'm growing all around. 
as though I'm sorry, as though it's my 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 coaching business. So my so it's more like my nine to five is feeding into my coaching, and my coaching is feeding into my nine to five. So mm. that's such a very like um, you know nice system. And it took me a, it took me a while to really create it that way or to see it that way. You understand, yeah. right? And, and since I started approaching it that way, honestly, I just feel very relaxed. And I mean, I need to spend time with my wife, you know, and I cherish those moments I spend with her. I cherish those moments that we get to just be because for me, that is where I also draw strength from, you know. Uh, I, I, it took me a while to, to understand that, yes, as a man, we have to grind, but we have to be smart in our grinding too, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very so. true. Some some men will grind themselves out of a marriage, you know, because they're going so hard, you know, exactly. and it's just, it's just not worth it whatsoever. You know, like I, I feel the exact same way. I draw a lot of strength from yeah. just being around my wife, spending the time, you know, like, yeah, like any any day she has off, like as soon as I get off of, you know, training or whatever I'm doing, like uh, I try to like spend as much time with her because it's yeah. just like it's it's very, very worth it um Very. yeah man that's 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 smart that you were able to see it that way see that's my I'm, I'm learning a lot from you today i gotta say i'm learning a lot because i'm i'm at a point Thanks, where bro. where i'm i'm trying to like i'm i'm also coaching right and i've done well within my first year of coaching i've, I've done awesome. a lot a lot more than you know other coaches that i speak to are just starting out yeah in terms of finance but at the same time it's like yeah, it takes time. It really does. And lately I've been trying to trying to rush it. Yeah. Because because I'm at a point where I will be like without you know, I I know something will come. I have yeah, faith yeah. always. Something always comes and I can always get a job in anything yeah. like as long as I pursue. But like I'm at a point where it's like financially by the end of like July, I'm going to be like in in some straits, like mm -hmm. uh, some dire straits kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I've been I've been trying to operate out of, uh, you know, desperation, you know, which is never, never the place to be in. Right. So it's like, I've been trying to rush it. Like where, where are the conversations going to come from? How am I going to do this? Like, who am I going to exactly. talk to and all that <laughs> stuff. And, and just talking to you just like this and, and just thinking of that Oak tree, it's true. It just takes time. And, and, and a big thing, I think, um, I think a big thing that you have where you're able to take time is that you have the nine to five. And you're exactly. And you're able to understand that the nine to five is helping the coaching business. And exactly. it's not, it's not something that's hindering it because exactly. if, if you felt like it was hindering it, you'd have to have the nine to five and the coaching business. Exactly. Boom. And that, that, that's the thing. That's the thing. Mm. Very, you, you're hundred percent correct. And True. honestly, to be frank with you, I still hustle. Like I still do other things. You know, I, sometimes I do Uber and Lyft. I'm telling see there are days I'm like see there are days I'm nine to five uh coaching because I have some clients who I serve to and after that I'm like Uber, Uber and Lyft, and I come back home. I mean it just depends on the season, but one thing for sure is that I'm just happy that I have systems and honestly I'm still looking out for more systems. Like what are the other ways and other things I can do? You understand that of course it's not going to take me out of my um my 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 focus which is say my coaching but i'm like okay how else can i monetize my coaching 
what are some other things I can do to, you know, monetize my coaching? You get, so those are some things I'm thinking of and also like praying about. And I know for sure it will come. Like uh, the other component is uh, aside coaching is my digital mentorship, right? So mm-hmm. I recently started a service called Digital Mentorship where outside of my nine to five, if there's someone else who needs to know or who's, who wants to learn about these programs, podcasting, um, graphic design, um, video editing, I can teach them, you understand, right? So that's another like area that I've started, you understand, right? And I have a client who is going through that. So I've just been, and now because there are kind of like too many things going around, I'm like, you know what? I don't want to, I don't want to confuse anyone. So there's, that's why you notice some days I don't just post. I'm just like, you know what? I'm not going to post for this week. I just want to enjoy my life. I just want to focus on my nine to five. I'm telling you. And then for me, it's my, it's my nine to five and then my podcasting, right? Mm. And then if I have time to spare for, for coaching one or two clients, fine. But I've just made it that and my goal is that I want to focus on the podcasting such that it will grow and be that voice of authority that even when I'm to like, say, I want to host like a conference, for instance, with other men like yourself and all that, you put a ticket of five grand, nobody's complaining, mm. you mm. know, right? Yeah. Why? Because you've invested heavily in it. Like they can see a track record of whatever you've been doing. You understand? If I want to charge even $10,000 per session, no one is going to complain. Oh, you want free thing? Okay, go binge on my 100 episode podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. 100%. So, I'm, I'm doing the same thing, right? Yeah, like I, exactly. that's exactly what I'm trying to do, right? Exactly. So this is plant a season. Mm. You understand, right? This is plant a season. We planted it. While we planted it, we also like, uh, by God's grace, bread is coming in from other angles. And that's why I used to frown, honestly, and I'm going to say this unapologetically, unapologetically, right? If you're watching this podcast and you're one of those who is telling people to quit their nine to five in order for them to focus on that thing they are passionate about, I think that's bad advice for real. Terrible. You know what, right? Because not everybody has money stored or piled up somewhere to say, oh, okay, I'm going to use that as my safety net. And some of those people advising, they have money piled up somewhere. They have uncles and aunties to help them. Some of us, like me, who came to this country with my, with my suitcase and $200 in my pocket, and you telling me to stay out of my nine to five. I had someone advising me that <laughs> I, I, I did punch him through the screen, though, but I guess I would have. <laughs> you, you get right? <laughs> Man, yeah, I'm 100% with you. People who say to quit the nine to five, people who are telling people that they shouldn't be sleeping, yeah, uh, and, and you know what? It's usually very young people, exactly, who don't have much exposure to a shelter or to like a, yeah. a gang life, street life type of thing where exactly. you have to go through certain things, and uh, they have no idea what they're talking about. They have no idea. I'm <laughs> telling you, like when they spend one night on a low mattress with rats around, then they would understand that yeah, like they they need even if it's to work at Tim Hortons just to bring something coming in, and then they can then still stay awake at up night if they want to and they can work on their dreams at night but for real like uh (laughs) 
it's so funny you bring that up yeah i, I hate when i see that like oh yeah because it's like and also it's like you don't know like somebody might like that kind of life and because yeah. they're watching you and, and they're comparing themselves to you and you're saying to quit this nine to five all of a sudden they're walking in your footsteps into your dream exactly. but that's not that's not the way they're wired you know what i mean like like for me i never expect people to work 40 different jobs and switch jobs yeah. constantly some people mm -hmm. don't like to do that some people like to be at a job for four years and, yeah, and learn yeah. everything and become the best and then go up the ranks in that company and everything like you can't just you know i have a friend who doesn't like jobs at all he, he works he does graphic design yeah he'll, he'll get clients he'll do tech stuff he'll do yeah. like vc stuff he'll he'll do advisory stuff like he just yeah, goes from yeah. thing to thing and he's made a, a an incredible amount of money but he, he doesn't like to get jobs like that's just yeah. not the way he's that's wired not, yeah exactly you know exactly yeah he yeah. does he doesn't thrive when he has a nine to five he doesn't thrive when he's in the chaos of everything that's what he likes you know exactly yeah you yeah know, so. yeah people are just wired in different ways honestly and that that's another beautiful thing about coaching i love where you get to really understand people's needs and not mm. enforce your thoughts on them you know that was, that was something I really had to learn, you know, how mm. not to rather you're trying to find out what is their strength, what is their goals, and how can you assist them in achieving that goal? Simple. And that's just where the conversation uh, is revolved around. Yeah, wow. service, like complete service, yeah, just being in yeah. servitude to that person. Yeah. Um, before before we before we wrap, I just want to do a, a little rapid fire type of thing. Usually, usually what I do is I take the whole conversation to ask these questions, but your story <laughs> and everything that you were talking about was just so amazing that I just wanted to go into that instead because that was a great conversation about yeah. just where you've come from and man, a lot of hardships and and you've come through it with uh with sparkling white teeth and amazing smile and <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing you wouldn't guess it man you wouldn't guess it from the way the way that you act like i understand why the bullies thought that you were a well-off person because you hold yourself like such you know what i mean yeah yeah Definitely. i learned that from my dad man honestly you gotta you gotta my my dad but so probably my dad wasn't even well off he was broke but trust me, like this guy was making women melt like ice cream. Like it was that hot. <laughs> the guy literally transformed the weather. <laughs> My mom told me, she told me, she was like, he was so hot there. Like the, that the manager in the office was like after him and a couple of other girls said, I like, ah, I see, makes sense. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Well, you know, that's a good segue because I was actually going to ask, it's not on the list, but yeah. um, you said your your father still, even though he passed away when you're so young, he said still instilled certain things in you. What do you feel like the most important thing he instilled in you was? Structure. Mm. Yeah. Like a man has to be a man of order, right? A man of structure. And mm. you don't just cower to anything people is people are saying because oh that's the intent in town oh that's what's going on oh that's this and that you know all those virtue signaling and all that like uh, just be 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 a man of structure just be the 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 word man if you ask me is more like rock that that's mm. how we define it you understand right like just be firm firm in in your values firm in your your uh, belief and and just give yourself order and things flow from there yeah 
True, true. I was going to ask um, another question is, uh, what was the time you felt most not like a man? Ooh. <laughs> 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 this is a good question. So um, I had this uh, breakup in um, 2019. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, I would say the, the, the last time I felt that way was when I was just a child. After then, yeah, that was when I felt that way. Because to me, I, I sort of, I'm, I reflect a lot, right? And based on accountability, I ask myself, how did I mess up? How did I contribute for this thing to happen, for it to be this way? Could there be anything I should have done better? So that was, it was that point of my reflection. I saw that, yes, I really messed up. I, re I didn't do what I should have done, you know? So that was when I felt that way. And that was the uh, tipping point of me deciding and making that resolve that I would never be this way for the rest of my life. Never, ever would I. Um, I want to build myself up not to ever witness this type of thing again. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Um, what, what's the time that you felt the most like a man? Ooh, when... <laughs> I um, met my in-laws. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. When I met my in-laws, that was when I felt that way. I felt like, because bro, like this is me coming to marry a beautiful Filipino woman. Mm. And <laughs> I'm just uh, a guy who has a nine to five job, who drives, who coach and who does Uber at a spare time. And it's more like, <laughs> I want to marry, <laughs> you know, and it's like, okay, all right. So how do you intend to marry? Like, how do you intend to go about it? You know, and, um, you know, just having that, going through that process of proving yourself that I'm capable of taking care of, not just myself, I'm capable of taking care of your daughter. I'm capable of giving her the better life. I'm capable of taking care of her, providing, making her dreams come true. Yeah that was the moment that I felt like, yes, as in, this is it. Like, God, we got to go all in. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> That's and, amazing. Yeah. And honestly, I'm so grateful because um, right now I get to see the way my in-laws look at me. I, I see the, 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 the eyes of adoration in mm. them, right? Like saying, yes, like they are happy. They, they, they are approved, you know, they are excited mm. of it. And um, I'm so happy right from the get-go uh, because, like, you know how Toronto, Toronto is. Like, you, okay, you want to get to, say, one bedroom. You want to move. How is it going to be? You got to pay first and last. You got to furnish the apartment. Now, how we were able to go through those things, that's my wife and I just planning and me working extra just to make sure that we have the funds to furnish, get this and that and all that. As in just seeing how the system worked and we're able to achieve it it was like dynamite you understand right mm -hmm. and not just that two months after that we planned our wedding and it's like everything just turned out so beautiful you know and it's like whoa i tell my wife that if we had told people we won a lottery i swear they would believe because <laughs> because how it happened like it was just boom 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 we still went on a trip to quebec city you know we had a nice time and everything and it was just like wow like god like you're just more than enough you know so um them seeing these things happen and for the fact that you know they say one of the reason people 
couples chorus financial issues right and also like divorce is also financial issues but just seeing us go through that moment of planning prepping and all that and being able to work together and still able to love each other and still enjoy ourselves you know and still get to like host our family treat them well be present for them it's like wow you know yeah wow wow that's amazing that 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 definitely is one of those moments it would have to be because it's a it's it's almost like a uh how do they say a a rite of passage you know and uh yeah that's amazing that you did that another question is what's your outlook on vulnerability and when was the last time you felt the most vulnerable yeah so uh vulnerability is strength man yeah that's it yeah uh so all my life i've been vulnerable to be frank with you all my life like growing up without a father that was like a super vulnerable moment navigating through that and just being in completely different society and locations that i haven't been to wherein i just have to be vulnerable to get the best of life wherein i'm like this is who i am this is what i need are you able to help me? You say yes mm-hmm. or no. You understand, right? As simple as that, honestly, that is the principle I've applied everywhere I've been to. Yes, some people have taken advantage of me. Yes, some people have laughed at me. Yes, but guess what? It just showed me who they really are. As simple as that, and life moves on. So um, I, I would say I've expressed vulnerability, even in my marriage. Like I tell my wife, like, this is something that is bothering me. Like, this is it. Like, how can you help me? How can we get this sorted out? You know, and the beautiful thing is um, all those moments we we find strength in each other and we just pray about it. And honestly, like 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 a light switch, right? The way it happens is like a light switch. The 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 sense of solution just comes forward. Mm. Yeah. That's good, man. That's really good. Good that you guys can deal with it together at times. That's that's amazing yeah uh um when was the last time you felt really scared and how did you deal with it Mm, good question so i think the last time i was scared was um it it should be during the whole like um wedding like say me um yeah i would say it's within that wedding time like you know trying to get approval and all those things right and um yeah, like I was, I was, I was afraid that you know uh, maybe it wouldn't work out or it could work out, you know. And um, I was able to deal with it, bro. Trust me, I prayed, I prayed and fasted, man. That is it. That that's like my that's my source of that. That's where I get my my energy from. Honestly, mm, I, I just fast and pray, man. And and it's amazing how God God really answers prayers, man. For real, it might sound very repetitive and mundane and stuff like that, but trust me, that is just the only source of strength and the only hope I have for real all my wow. life. Yeah. 
that's 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 very commendable that you can just go into that because a lot of guys will have the pride and want to go into that you know like mm-hmm. i can handle it you know it's hard to turn to an external force mm-hmm. you know especially a quote-unquote invisible one you know the way everybody's <laughs> taught you know yeah 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 um, <laughs> but but yeah it's 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 true i've seen it myself man like i told yeah. you when i first joined that men's group man i asked yeah. uh i asked for strength and in, in in order to become sober and you know my wife held me down she helped me and and all of a sudden it just became easy the second exactly. I started, the second I started praying, because I hadn't started praying, you know, I'm only like six months deep in actually going into prayer on my knees, you know. Yeah. And the second I started doing it, everything just fell away that needed to fall away, like, wow. like easy, really oh, easy. Yeah. Know? I'm telling you, that's that's one of the transforming power of Jesus. You know, it's um, it's it's I I I, I that's something that I really want to be talking more about even in podcasts and, you know, when I'm having conversations with people that this is our, this is not just our stories, our testimony and testimony ignites other people, you know, so. Very true. Very true. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very open about it. I uh, I often say to people, you know, I just started praying to God instead of the universe and things started to happen. Mm. You know, I'm not, not overbearing (laughs) about it, but like, I just kind of say that because everybody's like into the universe and yeah, I was like, I just, (laughs) kind of went to the architect instead of to the structure and uh <laughs> i'm telling you you know right yeah and it started clicking so um yeah but uh, another question uh what's what's your biggest regret as a man like uh in manhood what's something that you wish you did earlier in your coming of age wow collins that's a good question and <laughs> honestly this is not me being prideful or anything i don't have any regret i swear to god Mm -hmm. and this isn't you're not the first person who have asked me this question and the same answer i give i really don't have any regrets uh see like moments like say oh someone bullying me and i'm like oh i I wish i could go back and you know punch the person all this kind of thing (laughs) nah nah (laughs) Uh, the only thing i can pray is let me see the person in the future and you know whatever happens happens but i am yeah. not vengeful anyway but yeah, yeah, yeah. uh but I, I when i look back i always pick up the lessons like this didn't happen for me to learn this and this is what i learned and i take it and i move on with it you understand right that's how i've always lived my life and yes i did things that i feel like oh my god i shouldn't have done that better and i'm like okay yeah i mean i feel bad but then, okay, if this tends to happen next time, what will I do and how would I address it? So that is just how, I've, um, that's how I, I live my life. And so far, no regrets, no regrets. I would say not knowing how to ride a bicycle is a regret because I don't know how to ride a bicycle. You don't know how? <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. That's so, crazy. You got to learn. You got to learn, man. That's the thing, right? So uh, you gotta, if, if yeah, so I'm like, yeah, if, if I could learn how to ride a bicycle, if, if I knew how to ride a bicycle, maybe I would be one of these cross-country like cyclists. <laughs> but then guess what? I'm like, okay, if that could be a goal of mine, then I can plan towards it and do that in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you gotta, so- you gotta, you gotta do that. Like, um, I'm I'm when you say that, it reminds me of um, because I can't swim. I can't swim at all. I have no me idea too. how to swim. 
I, I can yeah. swim in a swimming pool, but in a in a lake, I'm like, nah. <laughs> I can't. I can't do anything. I can't even tread. I'll just sink. Wow. I'll just sink and drown. <laughs> but but the thing, it's funny. I actually learned it from uh, from my friend who was a religious Jewish, and uh, wow. he was just talking about. He's like he's like one of the things of like manhood um is that you have he's like he's he listed off some things he's like but you have to be the one to teach your son to swim wow he's like and you have to like it was just a bunch of things that you have to show your son how to do and he's like and those are like the last kind of steps of manhood like he he said it differently but like that's kind of what he was working towards and wow and and like that's like learn learn you should learn how to do that so you can show so you can show your kids because like i definitely have to learn how to swim so i can show my son daughter how to swim you know what i mean yeah, like that's yeah a, yeah that's a that's an asap thing you know I'm telling and, it, you. and it's easy you can learn how to ride a bike easy man easy i'm going no for real i'm going to learn man i'm going it's learn. as it's as easy as riding a bike you know <laughs> <laughs> you know the expression <laughs> but you know like see since like driving like right now i'm like i i'm vin diesel like i'm the black version of vin diesel when it comes to driving <laughs> see i could like driving is my hobby hence why <laughs> I'm like Uber Lyft, you know, because yeah. to me, it's like converting my hobby into monetizing it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Driving, I could do, but then I'm like, okay, I, honestly, I'm looking out for where I can learn um, bike riding. And I don't mind wearing like all the knee pad, elbow nah, pad, like some type you of... Won't even, you won't even need that, man. <laughs> me and Joel, me and Joel are going to teach you how to ride a bike, man. I'm, okay. I'm going to let Joel know. <laughs> Cause I know Joel has a bunch of nephews. He has a bike for sure. We can throw you on, man. Don't oh, worry. That would be great. Got honestly, you. Be great. As, as long as you don't just let go, though. Because I'm like, I'll call this. <laughs> it's funny, like I didn't have my dad around. My brother, my oldest brother, Jason, he taught me how to ride a bike. He oh, was the one. Nice, he he did that for me. But um, oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. So uh, another question: What is the biggest misconception about being a man that you had? growing up and even now oh that's a good one um i would say that sometimes a man just want to be a friend right and say some some ladies just think otherwise yeah that that (laughs) that that was one thing i had back then you know okay yeah i i know earlier in the podcast when i was saying that you know that you take someone's number and they're like Da, 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 you know uh, yeah that that situations where you just want to be people's friend but then someone is just misinterpreting it that you are wanting to make advances you know which then makes them just put their guards up and all that right so it took me a while to learn that mm. um yeah i think i just need to respect myself and be with myself and just mm. not disturb other people Honestly, if it happens, it happens. If friendship happens, no problem. But initiating it sometimes, I'm like, uh, no. It, mm. I, I noticed it was really becoming a little bit um, somehow, right? Mm. And I know many men witness the same thing too, you know? Yeah, yeah just yeah. times. Yeah. Uh, another misconception, you know, I could say is like, you know, men don't cry, men don't men and men can't be weak men can't be vulnerable i mean i literally had uh back in africa like a couple of girls tell me this type of things you know like aren't you a man you know you have to soft you have to this you have to that you know right and i'm like for me it's just me being me and being me being human you understand right and um and now i understand too why even in africa like the way 
masculinity look like sometimes it's endangering to 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 itself you mm. understand right yeah it because it doesn't give you that avenue of being human mm. that when you're now a human it looks like there's something missing <laughs> you know mm. yeah um sure. yeah so the what other misperception again do i know of like for me though um <laughs> i i can say i still speaking about masculinity like okay oh like a, a man a man just have to be on the get-go like two for seven like my wife should tell me she'll be like hope you know you are not superman like mm. you need to rest you need to yeah. sleep you need to eat yeah. excuse me so those are like some things right right for me i'm just like man i just want to <gasps> just want to do the stairs but that's just like babe calm down <laughs> so yeah. uh so for you um what's the what's the most difficult part of being a man Ooh. oh man honestly i haven't really come across that type of thing. Why for me? Because I own up to all the difficulty that mm. being a man posed to me. Mm. I am aware about what it entails to be a man. So can I be tired sometimes? And I'm like, man, I just want to rest. Mm. Yes, sometimes you understand, right? But for me to say, um, oh man, I'm tired of maybe being a man. I don't want to be a man anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you understand right uh no so uh now again like that question i i don't i don't i so far honestly i can say no i don't witness any difficulty and what i'm saying so is because i've not had moments where i get to complain right about uh this why because i expect the difficulty i am witnessing mm. you understand i know it's going to come so what I can do is prepare myself before those moments arrive. Mm. You understand, right? Yeah. That's a, that's a that, really, that's, that's just it. That's a different type of answer. That's, that's, a, that's, that's smart. That's, that's a smart way to look at it. Yeah, because you know? I, I wouldn't say, oh, providing is one of the difficult aspects of being a man, because this is how I see it. I'm a vine. And what does the vine do what's the vine's job to produce grape mm. and you don't get to thank the vine for producing grape you produce and that's it produce and shut up keep quiet save your <laughs> pride for later you understand what i mean right i so do i do for me it's more like every challenge or every obstacle or every, anything that any man can go through to me it's more like that is it that is what life is that is what a man would face you understand mm. so it shouldn't surprise it's not surprising me that oh this is happening it's just that oh i wasn't prepared so what do i do now i need to shut up and prepare myself and face <laughs> yeah. it <laughs> wow wow your son your son's gonna have uh your son's gonna have a time <laughs> you're gonna be like listen you're a vine <laughs> i need you to shut up and produce and produce man. this b plus this b plus is not acceptable not in this house you have to you know? understand i stayed in a shelter okay and i went early and i stayed <laughs> colors come on i'm gonna love the guy you know i used to tell my wife that i know right now god is hosting a seminar because i i, I already have a name for my son isaac i said i know god is in heaven hosting a seminar for isaac and it's like you know your father man 
you seen him <laughs> so bro <laughs> isaac you be better prepared. be prepared <laughs> he's gonna turn on this podcast you may listen listen <laughs> you gotta watch this okay <laughs> i'm telling you i'm telling you i'm telling you <laughs> man yeah um but um what's what's the most uh what's the most important lesson that you've learned about being a man or learned about manhood oh that's a good question uh that um it's a it's a journey. It's mm. it's a journey exactly. It it's more like a warrior's tale. You understand, right? Wherein mm. you start off being weak, being feeble, being vulnerable. You know, you you're not so smart. You're not so calculated, and everything. You have lots of losses, lot of defeat, mm. but then you spend the night just practicing, practicing. I don't know if you've seen the movie Spartacus, the, the series Spartacus. It's, it's really old. No, no. Okay, okay. It's, it's very gory and very graphic, but I love it. This is where I keep saying it. I love it. I don't mind telling my pastor I love Spartacus, no matter how. Oh, Spartacus. My... Spartacus, yeah. The, the Spartacus, series. yes. Oh, oh, my gosh. Hey. Yeah, that was a... I love that show. <laughs> I can't believe the guy died the first season. I was like, oh, you know, right? no. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, that would have been one of the best shows in history Ever. if they I'm kept going. You. you know why I love it? Because it's, it's to me, it's like the, 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 it portrayed the story of manhood, like the story of a man. Even as he was so-called like, you know, leader of an army and stuff like that, you feel like he's strong. But when he was mixed with the others, the guy was a weakling. You understand, mm -hmm. right? So it's more like we all have our individual strength that we bring into the table. But then there are situations that you realize that, man, I'm not strong. Like I thought I was strong when I came into Canada. But when I saw the reality of life, I was damn weak, you know, and I had to build myself. I had to build my strength, right? And um, yeah, so for me, it's more like just a warrior's tale of uh, the, the whole aspect of being a man. So when I approach it that way, it makes me embrace my vulnerability. It makes me aware of my vulnerability and it makes me curious to learn. And it makes me then want to be humble to learn, to subject mm -hmm. myself to learn. And that's one of the things about men, lots of men they are not humbling themselves to want to learn they are not humbling themselves to serve they are not humbling themselves to be poured into and mm. proud folks can't can't for any reason be poured into by human or by the spirit that's god right so just humbling oneself and just approaching life one step at a time and not trying to rush the process i feel like that is that is what makes a man a man because at the end of the day you will be strong you will be very strong and even stronger but again it's a process yeah true true i have seen that i've had that in my younger days and and i've gotten rid of that in terms of like now i'm more humble and open to learning from anybody podcasting mm -hmm. helped me a lot with that sitting down yeah. with so many different people and just learning exactly. you know? yeah and yeah that's it's a very true thing because when your pride overrides what somebody else is saying, you know, when it becomes like, you know, you see it in a lot of men where it's very prideful. You tell them something and everything is me too. Yeah, and yeah, I already yeah. know that. Mm -hmm. And I know that. And I, yeah. And you know, it's like, they they can't be exactly what you just said. They can't be poured into. Yeah. It's like that. It's like that cup is being covered, you know? Exactly. Yeah. That yeah. Kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Awesome. That's sad, but uh, let's end it with, um, 
And you kind of just did it in, in, in that little part. But I was going to say, if you could give advice to young men who are having trouble on their path to manhood, uh, what would it be? Mm. Yeah, just know that, again, just like the video game you will play, especially if you play God of War. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kratos, Kratos' story is almost like a, a natural man's story, you know. Mm. He, again, just back to what I said, where he, just like the warrior, you know, like for Kratos, mm. he, he, you start playing him very strong and all that, like especially in, um, mm. I think, is it the one on the PlayStation 2 and then this, they, they absorb his power, right? And he has to start from the beginning again, uh, <laughs> defeating bosses and, you know, taking different awes and stuff like that. Mm. Honestly, that's what life is for sure. You understand, right? Like, if you start with the best weapon for any game, that game is not sweet. Life won't be sweet if you just start with being, you know it all, you, you have all the superpowers and everything. Trust me, it will be boring. You understand, right? So it's just, first of all, understanding that, yes, if you, if you want to be strong, if you want to be a better man, you have to humble yourself and learn. You have to humble yourself and just yeah eat the humble pie and learn. Your time will come. It's the process. You understand, right? Uh, you need the right people around you. You need, um, every man needs a mentor for sure. Hence the need for father. And for me, I had father figures growing up. These are not valid, like men who are related to me. These are just men who uh, family, friends, and all that. I look up to them. I see what they're doing. How are they living their life? And those were also the things that shaped my my whole idea about masculinity and manhood. You will see men who train people who are not their biological kids, train them through schools. I had men who paid my school fees. I'm telling wow. you, who invested in me for real. Yeah. So just growing up and see those things made me understand that if I... For like right now, my friends, especially those who give me the permission to be like um, to 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 pour into them exactly, I get to I get to share with them from even if it's anything like say finances, assisting them with one or two things, or even if it's just taking care of them, like making sure that they achieve that goal, or making sure I connect them with certain resources and opportunities. You understand, right? Because for me. I see it like it is my responsibility to do that. Yeah, because I would expect them to do it for me too because other people have done it for me. So why can't I do it for others? You understand, right? So um, yeah, and um, I would say, yeah, just having those father figures and then looking up for other people you can be a father to regardless of your age, for real. Fatherhood, doesn't matter the age. I know what I'm saying might sound like, huh, really? How? Tell me. But for real, because you've lived your life to a certain point. You've experienced certain things. There's a young guy after you who needs some of the advice and wisdom that you've curtailed. And the truth is sometimes not until you position yourself to be like a father to other people, you won't be mindful about the things that you're doing. You won't even think about the way you're living your life. Mm. You understand, right? So yeah. all those things really shape how a young man would approach. So it's yes, you're looking up to people and you're also looking, you're looking at other people that you can support. You understand, right? And just knowing that it takes time. It takes time. Everything takes yeah. time, man. And if you look at the life of men in the Bible, Jesus, Joseph, David, like you notice that this man, 
yeah, it's usually from age 30 that they became, they became what it is. Abraham, we're talking of, is it 80 to 100 or whatever? You understand? Yeah, just imagine, yeah, yeah. we've just spent 30 years and it's like, man, Lord, oh, oh I can't, <laughs> like, you know, you just spent 30 years. Like back in the days, 30 years, it's like you, you are just still 30 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, right? How much more 90? And, you know, so if, and, and, and how as a young man, what you spend your years doing right now would determine what your 30 year old will look like. Mm. It's all investment, all investment. True, true. And and the bonus question, since you, since you brought him up, Isaac, what is your hope for your son? Oh, that's a good question. Well, my hope for him, honestly, I'm still praying about that because now that is, that is a a level I have never been to. You understand? Mm -hmm. So that's a new level. But my hope for him is that he's, he's definitely going to be uh, a, a light of the world and a salt of the earth. And he's going, to, he's going to impact lives. He's going to be the best in whatever God has gifted him to be and whatever God has gifted him to do. And uh, I'm definitely going to support him from start till to finish. And um, yeah, like he's going to have the best experience uh, any child can ever have. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Good. Exactly. Good. Good. Well, guys, this has been another episode of the Open Brother Project. Major pain. Mr. Paul Newton, where where can people find you? Spotify, we have the Major Pain podcast. And uh, yeah. where, where are you selling these online courses and stuff like that? Where's oh, that? Good at? question. So um, that is on Udemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Udemy is an online course platform. So the, the, the name of the course is Unravel Your Uniqueness. Unravel and, uh, Your Uniqueness? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. You can also check out my website, uh, www.majorpain.com uh intl.ca so major pain intl one word dot ca and uh, over there like my website is my hub where i post like uh, the the podcast episodes uh so if, if you maybe might not find it on spotify which of course you'll find it on spotify i get to embed everything on my website and then i also have blog articles there that can help you um i tried i tried to release uh, weekly blog titles and some topics are just completely different from men's podcasts or related mm. to men's related items but yeah i find those topics very interesting and i do my research for my content and really make it in depth my my goal for this year is to write and publish uh like a hundred blog posts and podcast titles that's like okay. my goal for this year so um so we are at it, you know. I, I just love challenging myself, man. It's it's awesome for real. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Well, man, yeah. thank you, thank you again for being on the podcast, uh, and thank you yeah. for all this time, man. I know I took up a bunch of your time. Just uh, thank you so much for sitting down with me. Thank you for having me, and thank you for giving me all the time to express myself. <laughs> it's been awesome. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Later, guys. All right, later. All the best.